0: Hello my friends and welcome to Worship for Carmen United Church on this February 14th of 2021. My name is Reverend Nick Phillips. I'm the pastor of this church and I'm so glad you're here with us. Let us pray. Lord God on this day of St. Valentine's Day, this day of love and peace and hope, Lord we pray that this love, your love, your abundant love for all of us will just envelop us by the power of your Holy Spirit that we may feel your presence your loving guidance and your calming hand in our lives this day as we worship you we pray in jesus name amen scripture reading today comes from the gospel of mark chapter 9 verses 2 through 9 and they read and after six days jesus took with them peter and james and john and led them up a high mountain by themselves and he was transfigured before them and his clothes became radiant intensely white as no one on earth could bleach them and there appeared to them elijah with moses and they were talking to jesus And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are the way and the truth and the life, and everything we do we seek to gain, to learn, to follow you. So, Lord, be with us as we gather around your word this day. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. We like going for hikes. We would like to go a lot more often than we do, but when we do go, we love a good hike. A few weeks ago, when there was, still, when there was no snow on the ground in Sydney Mines, Bev and I went to explore a new place we haven't been to before. We drove out to the East East Bay Trail. As we parked at the trailhead, it became apparently clear we may not have been dressed appropriately. We We were wearing our warm clothes. We had our gloves and our toques. That wasn't the problem. The problem was our footwear. We were wearing our usual walking sneakers. And when we got out of the car, we saw snow and ice on the trail. So as we started, we wondered how many times we might fall. What would we break when we did fall? In the end, we did manage to complete the hike, and we didn't fall. It's a nice trail through the woods, and we'll probably look to go back when there's no snow on the ground to see what the forest has to offer maybe in the summer or fall seasons. Part of the fun of hiking is is seeing new places, experiencing new views, new scenery. I remember our first hike up Franey Mountain in Inganish, a long, somewhat challenging climb up the side of a mountain. But when you get to the top, all the exhaustion is forgotten because the view is spectacular. You just want to sit there all day, staring out at the Clyburn Valley and, and out into the ocean. It's kind of the same when you hike the Skyline Trail, although not quite as a challenging hike. You just you get out there to the end, overlooking the ocean, you just want to sit there for hours. There are so many great hikes in Cape Breton, so many great views. Uh, we as a family, we've only just managed to explore a small percentage of them. Now, maybe you're not a hiker. Maybe there are other places or other things that give you that same feeling. I often notice when I'm driving down Shore Road, the cars that park along the various parking spots along the way, where you see people just kind of sitting there looking out over the water, over the harbor. Maybe they're having a bit of lunch or, or just getting out of the house for a bit. There's just something about the the power and the beauty of nature that mesmerizes us. Well, today we read from the Gospel of Mark where Jesus was going on a hike with Peter, James, and John. Jesus invites them to hike up a large mountain. And no doubt, the disciples are looking forward to the beautiful view of the countryside that will just unfold below them as they're hiking to the top of the mountain. But instead of being mesmerized by the view, something else captures their attention. Jesus is transfigured before them. His clothes glow with a, with a blinding brilliance, a blinding white no one has ever seen before. Mark tells us that there's no bleach on this entire planet that could get his clothes this intently white. And then we read that Moses and Elijah appear with Jesus. And the inclusion of these two is quite significant. And we'll look at that in a moment. Peter responds to this incredible scene by just asking, what can they possibly do? Should they put up tents? Will will they be staying there a while? Mark tells us he says these things because because he and the others are terrified. The language used tells us they are afraid for their lives, but yet they are somehow strangely drawn to stay. They can't leave. They are terrified, yet they want to stay. What a strange feeling that must have been for them. Now sometimes we look at the story of the radiance of Jesus, and we we call it that he's been transformed. And I know I've done this in the past. But he's not actually being transformed. To be transformed means something internally has changed. But Jesus does not change. His, his vision, his ministry, his, his mission, it all remains the same. It's just his outward appearance that changes. So he is transfigured. That is his image, his figure changes. This is not a normal event. This is not something we see ever. This is kind of one of those once-in-the-lifetime-of-the-universe moments. Which brings us back to Moses and Elijah. What other once-in-the-lifetime-of-the-universe moments can you think of in the Bible? Now think way back to the Old Testament. Think about who Jesus is standing with on the top of this mountain. There's the burning bush back in the Book of Exodus, Chapter Three, where where Moses is out tending his father in law father in law's flock, and he witnesses a bush that is burning, but it's not being consumed. The bush itself is not burning; it's just enveloped in fire. And as Moses approaches the bush, God gives him the instructions to go and free the Hebrew people from slavery in Egypt. When we think of Elijah, we think of uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, and we read of how the prophet Elijah is confronted and challenged by the Baals and the, and the challenge of which God to follow, the God of Baal or the God of the Israelites. To compare the gods, they, they lay out two ball, bulls to be sacrificed. And the challenge is to call upon your God to bring the fire to consume them. So the Baals, they set up their offering to their God. They cry out and cry out and cry out, but no fire comes. Well, then it's Elijah's turn. He builds the altar to God. He places the wood around the bowl. Then he orders it all to be drenched with water to the point where the water fills a little trench that is around the altar. There's so much water, it overflows onto the ground. Then Elijah he praises God and asks God to give him a sign to give them all a sign that he is the one true God. And then the wood catches fire, and is consumed, and it consumes the wood, the bull, and the offering. When the people witness this, they fall on their faces, crying out, "The Lord he is God! The Lord he is God!" So by bringing in Moses and bringing in Elijah. They are representing two other once-in-the-lifetime-of-the-universe events. And together, they are with Jesus on the top of this mountain. But it's not just Jesus, Moses, Elijah, Peter, James, and John. They're not the only ones on this mountaintop. A cloud closes in, and there is another voice. And this voice says, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. This is god god makes his presence known those words this is my beloved son we've we've heard something like this before haven't we think back to mark chapter 1 when jesus is baptized there's another heavenly voice that speaks it says you are my beloved son both times the voice is acknowledgement from our god in heaven that jesus is his precious son and then after the cloud speaks on the top of the mountain, it disperses and suddenly there's just four of them again, Jesus and the three disciples. They make their way back down the mountain to rejoin with the others. And as they descend, Jesus tells them to tell no one of what they had seen until he returns from the dead. Again, with the secrecy, Jesus is ordered them not to speak of it. We've seen it the last few weeks. As we read from Mark, Jesus clearly doesn't want the attention. Jesus does not want to be a celebrity pastor. And with good reason. Over the last few months, there have been a number of accusations towards a well-known and sought-after international Christian speaker by the name of Rabbi Zacharias, who passed away last year. The accusations first started to emerge in 2017 from a Canadian woman. She accused Ravi of entering into and manipulating an inappropriate relationship with her, an accusation he vehemently denied. He, and his international ministry, with millions of dollars behind it, dragged this woman's name through the mud and destroyed her life and the life of her husband and her children. There were also accusations about the valid validity of other credentials he claimed to have academically. You know, He claimed to have prestigious positions in universities. He, pro- he proclaimed to have doctoral awards, none of which could be proven. Then came more inappropriate accusi- accusations of more inappropriate actions with the female employees of the massage parlors he owned and frequented. Again, all of these accusations were denied. That is until this week. This week, the results of an independent investigation paid for by the ministry he founded were made public. Every accusation of inappropriate and predatory sexual behavior by this internationally recognized Christian celebrity was found to be true. Even the Canadian woman's whose life and reputation he destroyed. And he silenced her with a non-disclosure agreement as part of a settlement out of court. An agreement still held over her today, even as Ravi trashed her name years ago, breaking his side of the agreement within months of signing the papers. Ravi Zacharias is is but one example of many so-called Christian leaders I could name who rose to fame in the world And then spectacularly failed with temptation to sin. The reason Jesus asked those around him to be silent is a different example than this. Jesus needed space to do his work. He needed a certain amount of anonymity to walk the streets and and do that face-to-face, household-to-household ministry he was so good at. By healing and teaching those he came in contact with. And it was also... To hold off those who would later seek to end his life before it was time. If Jesus, Maybe if Jesus had risen to fame too early in his ministry. He would have not likely lasted the three years. And we may not have seen or been able to read about all that he did. And we today can learn from this. Jesus, in not seeking fame for his amazing work, shows what can can happen if we humble ourselves and let God show us the way. If we fall for the temptation of power and honor and wealth, well, that rarely works out in our favor, and certainly not with God's favor. We still aren't sure exactly how many lives and reputations that Ravi destroyed. Those investigations continue, as more women are brave enough to come forward. But also, what damage has he caused the church by his actions? He told women to be silent, lest they destroy the church and his reputation. And this week, or ironically, his ministry likely comes crashing down. And with it, a certain amount of trust in the church God has built. Now I know there's a certain amount of temptation within all of us to sin. I know what I struggle with, and maybe you have your own struggles. But we cannot let those struggles destroy, whether it be ourselves, others, or the reputation of the church. We must confess our struggles daily, if that's what it takes, to keep ourselves humble before God, to keep ourselves open to His teaching, His guidance, And his direction in our lives. On Friday morning I listened listened to a video put forward by one of the victims of Ravi Zacharias. Uh, I was filled with rage with what he did to this woman and her family. This is not God's way. Fame, fortune, sexual exploitation. These are not God's ways. But it seems to be the way of the world. And if we seek the ways of the world, even if we think we're representing God, we are setting ourselves up for failure. Jesus literally shone like a lighthouse on the top of a mountain, and he still demanded that no one speak of it. We must follow in his way. His way of being a humble servant, a healer of hearts, a healer of bodies, a teacher of the good news, a bringer of hope. And to be able to do these things as he has done them requires us to submit to his authority. His authority is in our lives as Lord and Savior. Jesus, God's only son is the example of true Christian leadership that we all must follow, We're refusing to fall into those traps that sin lays before us. And we seek to bring glory to his name above all other names, including our own, especially our own. This week we begin our walk with our Savior to the cross as Lent begins on Wednesday. To the cross where we will see him die for our sins. But three days later, he will come back. He will, be, he will rise from the dead to show us that death has no hold on him. Sin cannot win, and only with him can we have eternal life. Let us trust our Savior, the King of this world and of the next, to lead us in his ways. The shining example of love and healing in this world. There is none before Him. There will be none after Him. He is the the once-in-the-lifetime of the universe life that we owe everything we have to. So let us humbly follow and serve in His name. Amen. Let us join our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we come today... With our humble hearts bowing at the feet of our savior jesus christ our lord god may you speak into our hearts may we be so bold and so brave as to follow him and his example of humble leadership of humble servanthood to those who are in need around us lord we pray today for those who are victims of those who, who, who proclaimed good news yet fell spectacularly to the temptation of sin. We pray for those who have been hurt in the name of the church. In your name. Despite knowing that you were nowhere anywhere near these events. Lord we pray for these victims. We pray for their families. We pray for their healing we pray that their broken lives will be brought back together. That the that the that the trauma they have endured will ease and they will be healed. Lord, we pray for those leaders who even today still seek to exploit others by hiding behind your name. Lord, we pray that they will come and recognize their their sin and repent and seek healing with those they have harmed before it's too late lord we pray for so many other things we pray for the ministries of our church we pray for the work that we do that it all may be for your glory not for anyone else we pray that we will be humble And serve you with open hearts and open hands. And serve in love to those who need your presence in their lives. Lord, we pray for those among us who hurt or are sick or are worried. Lord, just be with them. We pray for those who mourn. Lord, may your presence be abundant in our community. May your spirit bring your peace among us. As we seek to live as you would have us live. Lord, this world is a hard place at times. So Lord, we pray that you will be with us. We know you are with us. We pray that we will acknowledge and, and feel your presence and let it guide and lead us as we go. Lord, we lift all these prayers to you and so many more in the name of Jesus Christ the one you sent to be our Lord, to be our Savior, to be our example of life, our example of your abundant love. We pray in his name as he has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.